Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Yesterday, in my humanness and imperfection, I did not come to him. I also did not rest. I also did not eat. I wanted to, but I felt sick to my stomach. I was tired. I was weak. I was hungry. I was ill. I became anxious, really anxious, fearful and anxious. I felt that if I could not eat and nourish my body, that I will not be able to withstand my chemo treatments and without them, I would surely die. I panicked. Instead of looking to God, I allowed the enemy to take control. Every worst case scenario came came to pass in my mind. The chemo will destroy you. What will be of your daughter? What will be of your aunt? What will be of your family should you not withstand and die? I cried out for my nurse. She was a gentle and meek woman. This frustrated me. I felt that she was not strong enough to advocate for me. I said to her, I cannot eat. I cannot drink. I cannot nourish my body. Chemotherapy will surely kill me if I become weak and cannot withstand my treatments. Are you nauseous? She asked. No, I said impatiently. I need you to listen to me. I cannot eat. I cannot drink. If I cannot nourish my body, I will not be able to withstand chemotherapy. I am fighting for my life. My family depends on me. I am the head of my household. I need to speak with a doctor. The timid nurse responded. The resident doctor is the only one here and I'm not sure if he'll be here tonight. Aggravated, I responded. This is a hospital. A hospital has more than one doctor. I cannot eat. I cannot drink. I have cancer. If this continues, I will become so weak and unable to withstand my treatments. I am the head of my household. My aunt is elderly. I am supposed to take care of her. Instead, she has been taking care of me, my daughter. She is pregnant with my second grandchild. My daughter needs me. If I cannot withstand my treatments, I will devastate my family. I need to see a doctor. I need to see a doctor. Can I trust you to advocate for me? In her nervousness, the nurse said, you can try calling him, but immediately I cut her off. I cannot call anyone. Who am I calling? I don't know, but you do. The doctor will surely listen to you before me. You have a position here. You are my nurse. Can I trust you to advocate for me? Of course, she responded with a shaky voice. I was not convinced. The thoughts in my head continued as the enemy had found a foothold.
he will die without treatment. No one here will listen. That nurse will not fight for you. You will grow weak and die. No, I said. I have to fight for my life. Someone here will listen to me. A doctor will see me. Sometime after my nurse left, I grabbed on to my IV pole and staggered slowly out of my room in search of the nurse's station. I spoke to the first person that I saw. I need someone to listen to me. I have cancer. My eyes filled with tears. A knot formed in my throat. I gasped for air. The woman said to me, are you okay? Are you having trouble breathing? I raised my right hand and whispered, this, this is my anxiety. Just give me one second. I took a few deep breaths and then continued. I need someone to listen to me. I said as tears streamed down my face. I am listening, she replied. Tell me, what is wrong? I have cancer. I cannot eat. I cannot drink. I cannot nourish my body. I feel a sickness at the pit of my stomach. It blocks any food or drink from going down. It took me four and a half hours to eat my lunch. I forced myself out of fear. I ate one grain of rice at a time, one bite of string bean at a time. I felt sick to my stomach and I could not repeat this process with my dinner. If I cannot nourish my body, I will grow weak. I will not be strong enough to withstand my chemo treatments. Without my treatments, I will surely die. My family, I am the head of my household. My family depends on me. This will devastate them. I need to see a doctor. There is something wrong with me. My name is Brenda. I am the head nurse in charge here. Laura, call the doctor at once. My nurse Laura had already gotten on the phone before being ordered to. I whispered to the head nurse, I'm not trying to be mean, but my nurse does not appear very confident. I'm fighting for my life. I need someone who's strong and who's not afraid to advocate for me. Brenda looked at me firmly. She looked me in the eyes firmly and said, you will see a doctor tonight. I will make sure of it. Thank you, I responded back. Thank you. I then returned to my room. When I returned to my room, my aunt called me on my cell phone. She felt my anguish and desperation. She told me that she needs to pray right now and, I will, and that she would call me back in 10 minutes. About eight minutes later, the resident doctor, Dr. Paul, had arrived. She was a beautiful and young Indian woman. What's going on? She asked. I repeated my story and asked that she help me. Maybe you have off his reflux. Have you tried a liquid diet? She asked. I need to see a specialist, a gastroenterologist. I do not suffer from any acid reflux and I need more than a liquid diet. I'm on chemo. Please, I need you to help me. 
I need to be examined by a specialist. There is something wrong with me. And I am asking for this to be taken seriously. I am asking for your help. I'll see what I can do. But I'm not sure when the gastroenterologist can see you. Maybe at some point tomorrow. My phone rang and rang until it silenced itself. Thank you, I replied to the doctor. And soon she left. Maybe five minutes had passed and my primary physician at the hospital entered my room. I was so grateful to see her because he is such a great doctor and a good woman. I knew immediately that I was in the right hands. I explained my story yet again as my anxiety caused me to gasp for air. Stay calm. Hold still. I will help you. Nurse, come stay with her. I need to do something. I promise to be right back. She zipped out of my room and in a flash, the nurse stayed with me as I collected my breath. Within five minutes time, the gastroenterologist had come to visit me. He examined me. He pressed on my belly. He told me not to worry that he would prescribe what I needed. Shortly after, the nurse came with medication and she put something in my IV. My primary hospital physician returned to check on me. She asked if I had seen the specialist. Yes, I replied. Zenaida, you are in good hands. You are not in any danger. Your condition is stable. You are in the clear. I need to give you something for that anxiety. Will it lower my blood pressure? I asked. I don't want to take anything that will lower my blood pressure, I said nervously. Who is the doctor? I didn't answer. Who is the doctor? She repeated. You are, I timidly replied. I even went to medical school and have a degree to prove it. Now, who are you to me? I am your patient. Good, she laughed. I am your doctor and you are my patient. She laughed again. Do you trust me? Yes, I giggled. Good, she exclaimed. You will take the medication that I give you and then you will rest. These are my orders, agreed? Yes, doctor. I will check on you in the morning and don't you forget. She laughed as she walked out the door and left me in the care of my nurse. I looked up at my nurse and saw her with different eyes. She was gentle, humble, kind, and soft-spoken. Matthew 5.5 rang in my head. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It does not say blessed are the aggressive or blessed are the bold. It does not say blessed are the boisterous. It does not say blessed are the rude, nor the clever, nor the witty. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It is written, the word of the Lord says that the meek shall inherit the earth. A shame fell upon me. I treated my nurse so badly. In my desperation, I questioned her intentions. I ran to her superior, and there she stood so gentle, 
ever so kind and caring for me as if I had done nothing wrong to her. Laura, I said to her, please forgive me. I am so sorry for the way that I treated you. My anxiety has brought out the worst in me and I am so sorry for being unkind to you. Laura was so quick to forgive me. Also, in the midst of all my anxiety, I had reached out to Cassandra, my daughter's godmother. Ever since I left my ex-husband, things have changed between us. I've tried to stay in touch with her several times since then, but I always have felt a disappointment in the end because I was always reaching out and she would seldom respond. At one point, I was receiving just one phone call a year for my birthday. That turned into one text a year, and she wasn't staying connected with my daughter either. I'd seen her last year at my sister's wedding. We all had such a good time. She lives one town away from me. She asked that we stay in touch, and so I tried again, mostly without response. Then there was no response, and then I gave up. I felt hurt and rejected. About two months ago, she reached out to me. I learned that she had been ill and had surgery. I prayed for her during her recovery, sent her encouraging messages. I told her of my condition briefly, but mostly focused on her healing. She answered a few times, but then faded away once again. In my fit of anxiety, I sent out a text to her. It read, Cassandra, love. I have always made an effort to stay in touch and have a relationship with you. But it saddens my heart that you cannot seem to ever commit. I have had both of my breasts removed. I am in the hospital. I've been battling out this cancer and just can't count on you to be the friend that I need you to be or the godmother that you promised to be to my daughter. But I pray for you, love. I pray that God heal your heart and give you peace. I pray that God bless you and keep you safe. I love you, sweetheart. I now resign and hand this sadness over to the loving hands of my father. Be well. Of course, I didn't receive a positive response. She was angry and told me that I should repurpose my energy rather than to use it to chastise her. She spoke of having a lot going on in her life and that she's been dealing with health problems and a death in her family. She also mentioned that she's only learned of my cancer through my sister and that I am chastising her just because she didn't answer a text message. Then she continued, but it was not pleasant. I reached out to my sister because I just couldn't understand why her response was so angry, so aggressive. My sister explained to me that we cannot expect others to respond the way we want them to. She explained that Cassandra responds to stress by withdrawing and that she has always been under a lot of pressure and is going through a lot. My sister helped me understand that I have no idea what it is that Cassandra is going through. Imagine what it must feel like to already be down, then to be told what a disappointment that I am as a friend and as a godmother, and that I am now resigning and leaving it to God. My sister helped me realize that if I miss her, 
and want her in my life, why not just say this instead of using negative words that will put her in a defensive mode? Upon this understanding, I asked God for forgiveness and then apologized to Cassandra for being unfair. I explained in the message that I am frightened and anxious and honestly just wish that I could be there for her, that we can be there for each other. I told her that I was sorry for her loss and that I was unfair to use those words with her. I asked that she forgive me. By the next day, there was still no response. Feeling so upset and angry at myself, I sent her a second message asking that she please look upon me with eyes of compassion and finds it in her heart to forgive me. Again, no response. Satan rejoiced as I wallowed in my shame. I thought about both Laura and Cassandra and I heard the voice of the enemy ringing in my ears. Look at you. Look at you. So holy, right? So holy, so godly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so godly. Look at you. Look how you treat people. You're a fake. You're a fraud. A horrible person and an even worse friend. Holy Zenaida! This was followed by laughter. You will always be a worthless piece of shit. Godly Christian woman. <laughs> laughter followed. It must have been 5.30 in the morning and I reached out to my old friend of 30 years. We've loved each other since high school. She told me to ask God for his forgiveness and that I have already apologized to Cassandra. I must now release this unto God and find forgiveness for myself. Another dear friend that works at the hospital stopped in after her shift ended at seven in the morning she encouraged me to think positive, to forgive myself, to fill my time by listening to music of praise, by reading my Bible, by watching something on TV that will make me laugh or smile. She reminded me how unhealthy it is for my condition to stay stuck in the spirit of depression and despair and self-condemnation. I also spoke to a beautiful new friend that FaceTimed me all the way from Italy. She uplifted me with her words and reminded me that I am only human. She helped me release these negative thoughts to just take them out of my head to, to take deep breaths and just let it all go. Soon, I was feeling like my new self again. I thank God once more for the new day for the breath of life in my lungs, for the opportunity to start fresh and try again. Psalms 103 verses 10 and 11 say, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Yes, I am only human and I am designed to be imperfect. God has forgiven my faults 
and I have done right by trying to make amends. From that point forward, I made up my mind that I would enjoy this gift, the gift of this new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, I am grateful for many things. I am grateful to be home and out of the hospital. I am grateful for the love and support of my family. I am grateful for the love and beautiful relationship that I enjoy with my daughter. I am grateful for my grandchildren, especially for my newest love that is growing in my daughter's womb. I am grateful for having excellent doctors that truly care for me. I am grateful for the beautiful friendships that I have been blessed with. I am grateful for my church, for my pastor, and my loving church family. I am grateful for having the breath of life in my lungs. I am grateful for having the opportunity to be a blessing to others. I am grateful for having a God who loves me and works all things for my good. Thank you, Lord. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Psalm 9, verse 1. Thank you, Father God. I praise you and I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.